I knew in my heart through all those years, there was something out there. I knew that there was something bigger. I knew that there was something that I wasn't getting from these traditional PT protocols and chiropractic care and all of that. I knew that there was something. So when I did that L5S1 Aldoa, it changed my life. This is it. Welcome to the Path Podcast. I'm Mike Salemi. I believe that uncharted trails make the best life stories. So take a deep breath, put one foot in front of the other, and trust the ground under your feet. Join me in discussions on health, performance, business, leadership, and spiritual self-mastery because these topics are windows into how well each of us have learned to trust our own path. Let's go. This is a Soul Fire production. Today on the show, we've got one of my closest friends and colleagues, Justin Bryan. If you've been looking to uplevel your knowledge in preventing or healing physical body pain, this is the episode for you. Reflecting on the show, one thing that is so obvious to me about Justin is, of course, his depth of knowledge and expertise. But what I equally enjoy is how relatable, funny, and down-to-earth he is. You'll hear about some of the most prominent influences in his life when he was starting as a personal trainer to the last 10 years studying and practicing under the teachings of Dr. Guy Voyer, a prominent French osteopath. Justin is a soma trainer and soma therapist under Dr. Givoyer's system. And on this podcast, we focus so much of our discussion around back pain, from common causes to traditional ways most people address it, to the uniqueness of Justin's approach that you can apply right now at home, and so much more. We also dive deep into something that has been a lifesaver for Justin and is something that he now teaches online and during in-person certifications called the Eldoa. As you'll learn, the Eldoa is something that I first came across over six years ago and has now become a stable addition to not just my program, but also nearly any program I write for clients. Justin has been kind enough to include some rad gifts for you, and so please do listen to the end, and you can also check out the show notes for links on that. In just one minute a day, the results that you can experience from a recovery, performance, and healing perspective with the Eldoa is simply quite remarkable. Now let's get right into the show. One, I'm feeling really excited to be here in your space in Sausalito, yeah. California. So Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me and 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 for your time. And my body's feeling good, dude. We did what was it, like a 10 minute warm-up before we yeah, just yeah. hopped on air. So let's uh let's start off. Walk me through what we did, because it literally only took 10 minutes and I feel taller. I feel mm. more energized. I feel more clear and um my body feels good. So what do we do? So we just war- did a warm-up. A uh, non-impact warm-up because we wanted to do something for the spine. So we just did like a little marching cardiorespiratory warm-up for two minutes to get the heart rate up, get the body temperature up. Then we warmed up the spine because that's what I wanted to work with. And oh, we did some knee proprioception for your knee, uh, which just took a minute on each side. So balance two, work, two, two minutes. Like yeah, proprioception's more. Uh, it's it's like a balance exercise, but you do it for one minute. But we did that for the ACL specifically. So um, I do that every day because I had reconstruction on one and I have a partial tear on the anterior fibers on on the other. So I, I do the proprioception every day. But anyway, we did that. Um, and then we did Eldoa T8, T9 because that charged up the nervous system a little bit. Very hard Eldoa to do. And then L5S1. So 10 minutes and... Yeah, that'll that'll open you up real quick. For those of you that aren't familiar yet with the Eldo, that's that's really one of the big topics that I want to dive into. That and specifically back pain. We're going to be going deep 
on both of those topics today and the Eldo postures that Justin was just referring to. Um, that T8, T9 center of the back region. Like, so as we're recording right now, or as I'm working, sitting on, if I'm working at a computer, it's one of my go-to ones. And then that last one, which we'll be diving into again a lot later is that base of the spine, Eldo. And so two minutes, that's what was Mm -hmm. so cool about it. Two Mm -hmm. minutes and I'm Mm -hmm. feeling lit up in a very good way. Yeah. Yeah. And for as far as the L5S1, I've got a little piece uh, to gift everyone for the, it's just what I call the number one solution for low back pain. So it's just basically something that you can do for one minute every day. That is just gold that saved my back. You know, I, I don't plan on having surgery. I don't want to have a surgery. So I use that as a proactive tool to help me to perform. Cause I want to get up if I want to squat today, um, with the weight, you know, if I want to do the Bulgarian bag, you know, if I want to train like that, then always the night before I do the L5S1 LDOA for one minute. And that helps me to stay uh, ahead of my back pain. So um, I'm just very proactive nowadays with that. And uh, it just, it works like gold. So I, I never skip. You know, you used a word there being proactive and I, we both share the same mindset around getting ahead of things. Mm-hmm. And I think at least in my experience, and I know your experience as well, to some degree about oftentimes the motivation and the inspiration to be proactive comes via a past history of pain and of injury. Yeah. So let's take a step back, like the Aldoa being a, a, a strategy and, and postures that you can do to, to be proactive or get yourself out of pain. But in your own story, why are you so passionate about the Aldoa? What is it about your body that, what was your journey like in, in, in coming to it? So I had a lot of injury early, early on. Um, I had torn my ACL at 17 years old and I did a a rehab just on that one side before the surgery. And then after the surgery for six months, and then I stayed on the PT's program for six months. So my left leg where I had the tear and the reconstruction was much bigger than the right. So I created a pretty big imbalance in my lower limbs. And, um, that left me with a weak right leg, I ended up, ended up tearing that ankle up a little bit uh, a few years after that. And then after that came on back pain in my early 20, uh, 24 years old, I had, had a lot of, lot of pain. That's and, young for back pain. Yeah. And it was excruciating for like eight months. And um, I had uh, actually met Paul Check around that time. And so I ended up studying the Czech Institute, like the correspondence courses. I was already starting to look at my posture and knowing that there were some pretty relevant muscle imbalances in my body and that I really need to balance that. But in the meantime, I was in pain. So I went to see the same PT and rehab my knee um, for the back. And then I saw this chiropractor who's a friend of mine now. And after eight months of going through that, I just knew that they weren't looking at it holistically and that they weren't trying to figure out my total body to put the, because I was learning a lot from a lot more from the Czech Institute than they were actually giving me as far as my rehab protocol. And so actually the tools from the Czech Institute helped me much more than, hmm. than uh, that's what kind of helped me to calm the pain because I couldn't sleep. I couldn't perform like I couldn't work. And I was a madhouse for working out. Like I needed that for my mental health to exercise. Cause I have a lot of anger, still have a little bit, but <laughs> we ha- ha- had a lot more then. <laughs> and so that was a big thing for me is that I needed to move my body or else I felt bound up, felt frustrated. I felt, uh, uh, just, uh, stagnant almost. And that's why I love the Aldoa. Cause you feel open when you do it, mm. you know, really helps to work on your nervous system. Anyway, I ended up 
uh, about three years after that, uh, or into the Czech Institute, I ended up going to a course in Dallas to learn the Aldoa. Mm. I had actually learned it the year before and I was using it. I was practicing. I was using all my clients. And the person that showed me was actually ironically right here in San Francisco. We're in Sausalito now. So just across the bridge, took a course and uh, so, somebody showed the, the exercises after the course was over. She said, if you want to see what I really do for back pain, you know, st- stick around for one hour and I'll show you some exercises. So when I did that L5S1 Aldoa, it changed my life. I was like, man, this is, this is it. I need to, I need to learn this. And I knew in my heart through all those years, like from 24 to 27, when I had the pain that there was something out there, I knew that there was something bigger. I knew that there was something that I wasn't getting from these traditional, you know, PT protocols and chiropractic care and all of that. I knew that there was something that had to be better for me because at 24, my dad had just had a triple fusion in his back. When I hurt my, when I was in pain, my dad was going through a back surgery to fuse L4, L5 and S1 together. Yeah. So that was scary for me. And I knew that I wasn't going down that path. And, uh, I don't know how, like I knew in my heart that there was just something better out there for me. And it probably didn't exist in the town that I was in, but it was out there. And probably because I was studying the Czech Institute and they're very, alternative and very thorough with their way of looking at the body and measuring everything and trying to create a comprehensive program around that to balance your total body. It's a more investigative look into the body versus, you know, you go into PT, they just want to get the range of motion for your ACL and make sure you have strength on that side. They didn't care about the other side. So just that's my experience with it. I know there's a lot of PTs and chiropractors out there that do good work. So it's not a diss on them, but what I saw or my experience with both of those um, practices is that it's a money model. And that's Mm -hmm. what I have something against. If you're a money model and you're not working with your patients one-on-one to observe them exercising uh, and doing the actual therapy yourself, then you're losing because you need to observe people exercising because you get information for, from how they move uh, and they don't have the time for that. So for me, in my experience, you need to look at the body globally. You need to be very investigative with your work for those that want to get better. And I know there's a population of people showing up that want to do the least so they can get back to their lifestyle. So it's a little bit like that in the medical world period is that you have a you have a whole slew of people that are showing up that want the pill. Or they want the simple fix. It's a very compartmentalized approach. And that is, you know, there's some beautiful, and, and I'm so grateful for the Western medical system, especially when it comes to like emergency medicine. And there's an absolute place for that. But by and large, a lot of the, the issues that we see today are so lifestyle driven. And they require that global, that more holistic approach. I'm curious. You know, is, is that with people coming into your office, because you really specialize, I mean, you are, I would say, a, a definite high level performance coach, but most people, and I've said basically my entire family to you and continue mm-hmm. to do and, mm-hmm. and clients I can't figure out, you really specialize in empowering people to heal themselves and working with people to support them in getting out of pain. What do you see when people have come to you? Have they already seen multiple people? And what is more of a a traditional approach to healing? Is it exactly what you said? The knee is just the knee and not looking at the rest of the body? Or what are you seeing? Yeah, I think it's coming around. I mean, uh, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, most people that come to me, I'm I'm kind of the last resort (laughs) sort of guy, uh, or they've heard about me through multiple avenues and some somehow they end up on my plate. 
uh, after they've seen multiple people and tried multiple things. So I, I pride myself in that. I love the fact that um, I was in that place once. And so that mm -hmm. resonates with me. Mm -hmm. And so I have this huge drive to, to figure it out because it's just a challenge. And so, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of, kind of it. Like that's what my business is somewhat built upon today is, is the people that fall through the cracks in these traditional systems. And um, again, it's nothing to, to, to bash them, but at the same time, there are individuals that do want to get better and do want a more thorough investigative look into their body and a more comprehensive program. And that's, that's what I'm all about. So, because there are a ton of people that come to me, they don't want to do the work. And that I get very frustrated by. When does that become clear to you? Do you pick that up energetically or whatever when they're talking oh, to you? Or I, <laughs> I know, right, when I meet them. Really? Oh, okay. When I'm doing my intake, I'm pretty intuitive <laughs> about it. So yeah, I, I, I can pretty much pick that up. Or it's, it's the opposite. They seem very driven. They seem very motivated. But at the end of the day, like as the days and the weeks go on, they're like, oh yeah, I haven't been too good about doing my stuff. And so I've learned over the years to remove my emotional attachment to mm. that. Not that I've got it dialed in because <laughs> it still frustrates the hell out of me because, you know, I, I'm guilty of it too. I played the game, but that's kind of why I know today. I played that game because when I did learn how to do the Aldo and it, it helped me to manage my pain. Okay. I, I did that for one good year. And then I started to play the game of like not doing it. And that went on for about two years. And after that, I had this awakening. Um, my, my mentor, Scott Herrera, he had just said, Hey, stop, stop messing around. Like just do it every day and you'll remain pain-free because I kept injuring myself. And so at 30, I sat back with that and I was like, man, you know what? I, I searched for this for three years, knowing in my heart that something was out there. You finally found it and it's gold. And now you're not going to use it. That's laziness. And I can't really have a hard time with the laziness. So, so since 30 and now I'm 37, I, you know, I have not had back pain. I had, I had two traumas happen once water skiing and once was a, a misjudgment when I was spotting someone. Terry, he'd love to tell you this story. <laughs> uh, we were in Montreal and, and yeah, so I've had two like traumatic things happen, but the fact that I was good at the exercises, practicing every day, I was able to get myself back within a week. And so it was not, not a big deal. Well, I think part of that is, you know, I mean, there is obviously a certain level of commitment and consistency. And when it comes to eliciting change in the body, whether it's in the weight room or getting out of pain, consistency, even if it's a shorter amount of a workout or a therapy session, whatever rehab session, the consistency is the king. But the one thing I will say about the Aldoa, and, and I don't want to sugarcoat this, and this is potentially, I don't want to speak for you, but maybe why I know why I sometimes don't do them <laughs> on occasion, you know, it's because they're hard. It's hard as hell. It's hard as hell, but that is absolutely necessary because you are actually remodeling the body. Mm -hmm. And why the hell is it so hard? Uh, there's people look at it like it's a stretch and it's kind of funny because a lot of people, you know, they'll ask me, my friends and stuff, they'll say, is all you do is this fancy stretching Aldoa <laughs> stuff. And, and so it's more of a strengthening exercise than it is a stretch to me. There's a lot of contraction going on and it's not all, it's, it's a very small part of what I do, but it's a very Mm. essential part. So, um, I mean, in an hour session, I'm spending the last five to maybe 10 minutes coaching people up on their Aldoas. That's it. The rest of the time is spent doing reinforcement for their weaker muscles, 
that are imbalanced and uh, to try to balance their structure and to do some myofascial stretching for, for those muscles and some of the other muscles that they need to balance their structure. That's it. That's what, re- that's what eats up most of the hour. And I use the aldo at the very, very end because the goal for the aldo is to open the joint, is to give space to the joint. Mm. So depending on what type of workout we did, I always do L5S1 for the lumbar spine, uh, for the low back pain. That is the most injured part, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. of the spine, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's at the bottom. It's, it's right before the sacrum. Um, so it's the bottom within the pelvis. You've got the last uh, lumbar, which is L5. And then you have the first sacral or the sacral plateau. And that's where you have an intervertebral disc, which is just a, a, a denser type of fibrocartilage with the nucleus in between. And the nucleus in the middle of the disc is like a gelatinous substance. It's, it's a little bit thicker, uh, but primarily you want to look at the disc like it's a sponge. Mm. If you can kind of envision that and the sponge needs water. So that's one of the questions in the intake is, does this person even drink water? Because a lot of people aren't even good about that. And so if the, if the disc is similar to a sponge and the person's not drinking water, first they need to drink water. And then if they're very tight, you may need to drink water for a period of time because when you go to do the outdoors, a very powerful exercise, you can hurt someone and doing it too hard in the beginning because they're already in pain. And not only that, there's nerves all around. And so if their system or if they're uh, their connective tissue uh, and their muscle tendons and the ligaments are, are like leather and you go to try to stretch that with a powerful move, then that can, that can exacerbate the pain. Because we're, we're, when you're doing the Eldo, you're working with the myofascial chains and the links and, and there's water that runs through there. And one thing that I was so, like I had no idea, but to, to your point earlier, like it takes time to hydrate. And you, you shared this with me. Mm-hmm. You, you taught me about this, that if someone's dehydrated for actually, uh, you explained it much better than me, but how long can it take to actually get hydrated? Yeah, it's more of a hormonal process and it, it takes about four to eight weeks if the person wow. is truly dehydrated. So it's not something that you just do in a few days. I can't, um, I can, you can't tell me I'm dehydrated. I slam a bottle yeah, of water yeah. and actually my tissues are hydrated. The, the, the water doesn't know what to do. It doesn't know where to go. So the person just ends up peeing a lot, but uh, is it with movement and with drinking, just drinking more water, and the therapy helps get the water in the tissues as well. So, uh, but you need to move. And that's kind of the deal with the therapy is you're moving, you're working on the micro movements of the body. And then with their training, they're working on the macro movement. And then, you know, they need to be drinking two liters a day for a man, a liter and a half for a woman, minimal. That's not if you're like playing sports outside, you know, obviously if you're construction and you're working outside and you're in a humid place, you need to consume a little bit more water. And especially if someone's drinking a bunch of coffee or maybe on pharmaceuticals, some of that mm-hmm. stuff that dehydrates, yep. you know, it takes, takes water to help clear and cleanse the system out. You know, you had, you had shared like the primary goal of the Aldoa is to create space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really, from, from a physical perspective, that's an important concept. And I want, I would love to hear your take on why is space so important in the body? What, what is that increased space in the spine actually allowing the body to do? You shared a little bit about the disc, but what else is happening with that space? Um, so the, the bones, as we get older, you were always compressed from gravity. So that's probably the number one reason for back pain mm. is that we're just always being compressed. And so as you get older, I mean, if you're 30, you're, you're, you're pretty old for the spine. Uh, because people don't, they don't look at it like that. They think of a 
50-year-old versus a 30-year-old. So they're like, oh, you're young. But if, as far as the spine goes, it's not true. Your spine, as far as your posture, if you're into performance and, and doing compressive stuff, if you work physical labor job, your spine's always receiving this compression. So if you've done nothing to try to give space to the joints, uh, they, they are in the state they are today. And um, as those bones get closer together, you have the disc. That's, a, that's more of a symphysis joint. Um, but then in the back of the spine, there's two smaller joints that are synovial joints, similar to the knee. There's a little fat tissue. There's some hyaline cartilage. Um, you have a synovial fluid, synovial membrane, but they're tiny. And as those bones get closer together, they're called facet joints. And uh, then that can cre create some pain as well. So it's not always just the disc being compressed or having a bulge uh, or the nerve root being pushed on. Um, sometimes the facet joints alone, just those bones getting closer together can create pain and wear out faster. And as the bone comes in contact with more bone, then you have the production of more bone. And that's where you get the osteoarthritis and the degenerative changes that start to happen in the spine at 30. So there's plenty of evidence, you know, from 30 to 39, so even before you're 40 of like degenerative signs in the spine. That's why the earlier that you can learn this stuff, then the better. And that's why I'm very fortunate that I got to learn it in my twenties. And that's another reason why I'm very proactive because I want to remain active. I want to hike. I want to bike. I want to uh, do the things that I, that I love to do. I want to work out, you know, all the, all the time. And um, if I, if I don't do my stuff, then I can't actually perform and live the lifestyle that I actually want to live. So yeah, I would say that compression is probably the number one reason for the cause of back pain. And then on top of that trauma, so if you've had an injury to the lower limb or, and, and, you know, you just didn't do a proper type of rehab, then that can show up in the, in the pelvis in the back later on down the road. Uh, and then if you just combine the two, you had a trauma, so you have a, a an imbalance and yeah. you're dealing with day-to-day -day compression and not doing anything to, to negate that, like using the Aldoa, then uh, sometimes people can find themselves in a, in a hard place of trying to figure out how to deal and how to manage that. I'm curious. One thing that I tend to see as people age, like I'm just thinking, of, I'm picturing my um, my grandparents um, when, uh, when they were alive, and and you've got you know they start developing that hunch mm -hmm. and they start getting shorter. One of the things that I've always felt with the Eldo is always after I feel taller. Mm. Um, what are some of the changes that you've seen, especially maybe in in some of the older population? Uh, not 31 years old, but actually yeah. genuinely no, like. No, it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's very fascinating. Well, you know, uh, my main, well, client that's been with me the longest, Doreen. Yep. She was starting to develop a little hump in the back of her uh, upper spine, the little dowager's hump on the back. And that tissue. Yep, like, yep, yep, yep. Same in my, and my son's mother as well. Um, she had the same thing starting to develop just from the head being forward and bad posture and not, not good enough awareness to hold themselves up or strength. Totally gone. So the, the, that hump is gone now. No way. Yeah. So are uh, you serious? Yeah, absolutely. You can work with that's when you say remodeling, that th that is basically fat tissue fascia being added to, to the body to protect it, to protect the structure. So your body will adapt. And, um, but you can do exercise for that and you can fix that. And, and this is, you know, uh, my son's mother was like 30, but this, uh, woman Doreen was in her fifties whenever she started to, or, or late forties, when she started to work on and correct that she has a normal neck. Like you can feel the spinous processes on the back. It's, wow. it's totally normal, but she was starting to get a thick little 
little uh, adaptation there. I know many um, people who have that, especially working uh, at a desk job. Yep. yep, yep. And, it's, and it's literally like an upper hunchback. Yeah. It literally, it's, it's the beginning of that. And that's interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, no matter what age you are, like the warm up that we did, when you're, you're moving your spine in that way and the side bending and all of that, you're keeping the ligaments flexible, you're keeping them free. Um, so as you get older, you lose a little you lose a little bit of range of motion for, mm-hmm. for the spine, you know? And so when you do just the warm up like we did, then that helps to keep the mobility because all of the spinal segments, they don't move a lot each. Each one of them have a little bit of flexion, extension, translation, rotation, et cetera. So they all have a little bit of, of movement for the biomechanics. But when you add all of those movements together, that's what makes the spine so capable is the, the uh, I forget the saying, but it's like the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts or whatever. Mm. So that's kind of a good way to look at the spine is that you can work on the total spine and work on the range of motion just by doing the warm up. But then when you add the Aldoa, then you start working specifically on the individual segments that are degenerated or that are sticky and they don't want to move. You, it's a very powerful way to try to move the individual segments apart. This episode is brought to you by Kettlebell Lifestyle, my nine-week follow-along kettlebell movement program for both beginners and intermediate lifters. After nearly 20 years training and coaching kettlebells, I can tell you with confidence that the journey you'll be taken through with this program is not just going to make you a better kettlebell lifter, but is also going to help you care for yourself for a lifetime. Now, let me be fully honest. This program is not for someone who wants to go 100 miles an hour right out of the gate and just get their body crushed. That is not this program. And that is the opposite of the philosophy that I love to teach today. And that really stems from, once again, over 20 years of direct experience, having been broken down, built my body back up, competed at an elite level, worked with so many hundreds, if not thousands of people from around the world. This is what really works. And I'm so excited to share this program with you. As a subscriber of the Path Podcast, I'm giving $100 off on the program. And all you got to do is go to kettlebellifestyle.com, sign up today and use code PATH20. Now let's get back to the show. One thing that I've really found in training, and this is something I think I've learned and, and continue to learn to do really well, and I think you do this exceptionally, is identifying where the person is at, mm-hmm. how to meet them there, and then how to prioritize what they need to do based off of whatever it is, their goals, their objectives, their time frame, their finances, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So one thing, practically speaking, what goes through your mind in general? I know it's very individual, your approach, but what is the biggest priority, for example, in someone's exercise routine? Is it the warm up? Is it the eldo? Like if you didn't have much time to even do your actual physical training, like mm-hmm. your reinforcement, your mm-hmm. Bulgarian bag, everything, mm-hmm. what would you, what are maybe the, the top three things that you feel yourself and everyone should prioritize? Well, it depends on the problem that they have. So, I mean, for low back pain, obviously it's L5S1. That's where I would spend my time. That L2, okay. Yeah, and doing what they call TVL5S1, where you basically, before you get into bed, you lay on your back with your feet up on the wall. And obviously, if you have a pathology sciatic, like it changes, don't just anybody try this at home. But you basically lay in the position like you would do the exercise for L5S1. You lay there for 10 minutes and let the mu- allow the muscles to calm down. 
and then you would perform the exercise. And that, that way you're taking all the compression out of the spine at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then you do a nice exercise to try to open that bottom joint up. So, because it is the most degenerated joint in the body as people get older and they're doing the MRIs and they, you know, they, they, they take and research the cadavers. L5S1 is the most degenerated joint by far. And so you're doing something, every human on the planet can utilize that for their own health and well-being. And uh, Injured or not. Uh, yeah, injured or not. Um, and yeah, exactly. That, I mean, that's the whole thing is that 80% of the population will get one, at least one bout of back pain in their lifetime. So that's a, that's a, that's a pretty high number. So mo- everybody can, can start to use that tool to try to get ahead of it. Um, but I would say similar to what we did, I mean, spine warm up is good if you just had a few minutes and then, and then to, to, to do an Aldoa that, that, that's what I'm all about efficiency. That's why I love the Aldoa when I found it, because I was doing these 45 minute corrective exercise programs for a long time. And that's what it kind of took to manage me. And I still wasn't like a hundred, it didn't resolve me. Like I didn't feel like it was the, the end all be all. And, uh, with this stuff, I do feel as far as self care what you can do on your own besides, you know, having a therapist and doing therapy, you know, uh, once a week or, or once a month or whatever. Um, as far as self-care, it's the biggest bang for your buck, the biggest bang for your buck efficiency wise, because I'm all about that. That's a huge component to once again, empowering people. I would do between one to three minutes of Eldo. And I was like, holy shit, this like feels like it reversed any stresses from the training session, especially on my back. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other cool thing about it is it's not passive. It's no, active, very active. It's an active process. So it's, and so with that, what I find is like, it's exactly what you shared earlier. It's not just a stretch. It's very much a strengthening exercise. And mm. from that perspective and the awareness that's developed, it's, it's a super uh, strengthening, strengthening exercise. Do you know, I'm sure you do, but like, I'd love to hear a little bit about the story of how in the F did the Eldoa come up? And I know Givoyer, Dr. Givoyer is, mm-hmm. is a huge mentor of yours. Mm-hmm. So how, who is he? And then how did he, how did he come up with this and why did he come up with it? Yeah. So, uh, I found him, like I said, three years into this kind of, um, this searching for, for something to, to help myself. And I took the Eldoa course couldn't understand anything that he's saying because he has a thick French accent. <laughs> uh, and I felt kind of left out because a lot of people had kind of taken courses from him before they could understand. And I'm like, man, I can't, I can barely understand this guy, but I knew there was something to it. And, um, and I knew it would, I had already been doing the Aldoa for one year at this point. I was just kind of chopping it up, you know, I was butchering it a, a, a slight bit, but it was still working for me. And, um, he is basically, he's a French osteopath and the European osteopaths are much different than the Americans. Americans are more uh, trained in the medical model today. And the Europeans are more manual medicine uh, based therapists. Uh, osteopathy started in America with Andrew Taylor still. Mm-hmm. And um, the Europeans, a uh, guy named Little John, he took it back to Europe because there was like a, a little fight amongst them about how they wanted to deliver the educational part of this to, to the world. And so little John took the, the manual medicine back to Europe and they took and developed and refined it. And then after the world wars, they took here and they put the osteopaths under the umbrella of the AMA and started training them more like medical doctors. So there's a huge divide in, um, um, the way that they practice or not a divide, but there, there's a huge difference in the way that they, practice. And so, um, Guy Voyer is a medical doctor first. So he's, he's trained as a, a medical 
physician in Europe. And uh, he was a physical therapist before that. Uh, he's a big judo athlete as a young person and was a trainer, physical therapist, then an MD. And then he practiced medicine for one year and said, this is too linear. Mm. And he was starting to study osteopathic philosophy and osteopathic techniques. And he, that's the route that he decided to go. And he obtained, I think, five degrees in osteopathy uh, from different schools. And um, he was learning uh, a lot of different techniques. And there was the uh, back pain was a big issue back then. It was affecting the bottom line of the economy and uh, a lot of, lot of missed uh, work days and productivity and all of that. So a lot of different modalities were trying to cure back pain or find a solution for back pain. And with his exercise history and his therapeutic history, his medical background is what makes him very special with, you know, all the patholo pathological stuff. And not, not only that, he did a lot of extensive dissection when he was younger. Hmm. And so he knew anatomy very well and had di dissected anatomy for a long time. And so he utilized his background to basically take these techniques, make better therapeutic techniques for, for uh, the manual part. And he created all sorts of fascinating exercises around what to do. So that's what makes him a special European osteopath because a lot of the osteopaths in France are very good, but they, they don't all prescribe exercise and especially don't prescribe exercise to the level that he does with these very specific exercises for very specific parts of your anatomy. Can you give an example of that? Like, let's take, uh, let's take like a bicep curl. How is mm -hmm. even his specificity on that maybe different than how someone might just go into the gym and just try and rep out some curls. Yeah. So, I mean, you can train the superficial fibers, you can train the deep fibers, you can train in the, the different ranges. So like for me, my elbow doesn't straighten. So for me to contract all the way and then not, not and then to just relax partially, it's going to make my elbow not able to extend even more. If you but just if, do like a mini curl. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I need to do the reverse. I need to extend all the way and then just contract halfway to try to lengthen the, the muscle tendon. And the reverse for somebody that's hypermobile, if you're hypermobile, then you need to train it in a shorter range. So there's different ways that you can train based upon your anatomy and whatever's pathological. Um, but uh, did I answer you? Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's fascinating that, you know, that, that specificity, because when, when I think of not just the way that you and me work out, so, uh, this is why I love training with you. One, because we're interested in the same shit. The other thing is too, is like we bring very complimentary things into our training. So I absolutely love uh, Bulgarian bags, kettlebells, uh, any of that, the the more, let's say, quote unquote, functional training or total mm -hmm. body movements, yeah. the, the athletic stuff. Yep. And with your background, I really believe that you, and, and I'm going to just bundle Dr. Givoyer's system in, in one generalization, but the precision and the specificity, mm. whether it is on, on everything, it carries that theme from the actual treatment that you've worked on myself, my dad, my clients, to the exercise prescription, to again, just the way you train the biceps and there's so much there and, and all the other muscles in the body to the Aldoa. And when you combine that synergy, it's a really beautiful, because you can't, in my opinion, you can't have one without the other. And, mm -hmm. and I think you've shared a story with me just in what you've noticed by that combination. Uh, so what does it feel like now, now training both specific, precise, and also a lot of the functional stuff? That's when I feel the most put together because I, I got way off on the wagon of just doing the specific stuff and training more 
what you would call segmentally because my body feels well when I do a lot of that. But if I just do that and then I say a friend asked me to come help him move or my dad wants me to go help him in the yard, I feel very vulnerable as far as my total body and my, just my performance. So, and I love the performance stuff, same as you. That's what I, that's what I was trying to learn this stuff so I could get back to it, like working out like that. Um, is to do more of the global or total body movements and the functional uh, performance and functional exercise. Um, but when I do the combination is when I feel like I've never had an injury in my mm-hmm. body because I've had a lot, a lot of injuries. The knee was just one, but I feel the most put together when I do primarily segmental stuff, but I, I still put some global stuff in those workouts, you know, maybe one or two moves. But then when we do a big global day, like when we train and we throw a couple of the segmental exercises in, and if I do that like twice a week, I feel like I can do anything. I feel like I can perform, do any kind of workout, do anything that I'm asked to do. If I need to help somebody with something. Um, so that that's when I feel the most put together. And it's when I combine all the segmental reinforcement stuff, some global movement patterns and uh, the myofascial stretching and then the aldo at the very end. If I could train like that every day, then <laughs> every, everything's all good. But sometimes, you know, like- You gotta come visit life more often, you. bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Life hits you. And, you know, some, you know, I have so many injuries. It's like I'm doing a bunch of mini- rehab programs in one every single week. And so if I, I don't have the luxury to really take off. And so, because if I do, then something's going to go out of order or it at least feels vulnerable, you know? So, you know, I, I was thinking back, uh, to a client, we'll keep his name anonymous, but to a client that I brought you in to help. So I bring in Justin to specific situations and things that are, that are, um, above my pay grade or a little bit more than I can handle. Like his level of understanding of, of this stuff is, is at a level that is far beyond me. And I know that. And so uh, I love bringing him in because this is what he loves to do. And I get to help people in the way I love to help people. And I don't know if you recall one uh, young man that I brought to you, he had some massive scoliosis. Mm-hmm. And I remember his mom brought him in and um, I don't recall what age, maybe you'll remember. He's but 19. 19. He just yeah. wanted to be able to do what he wanted to do. I think he was mm-hmm. a, wanted to do Taekwondo, yeah. but it was a big fear. Can you speak a little bit? Because I know scoliosis, it's a big thing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? And share a little bit about that story and, and what, you, what you did with him. Scoliosis is basically a rotation of the spine. So the spine begins in his is idiopathic, like like a lot of people, and they can't really explain like mm. why it, it, it's being caused. If you have some form of neurological problem or some form of visceral problem or a surgery, say when you're a, a baby, um, you can have a scoliosis be formed, but they obviously know where that comes from. But the idiopathic, there's no explanation and they basically just say, wait and see. And so the problem with that is the spine continues to want to rotate as you get older. And uh, when, when they find out, typically they're teens and the bones are still taking shape. They're taking their form. And what you want to prevent is the bone taking a bad shape because that's more of the structural part that's not correctable. When they get older and say they're 25, the spine's finished growing, like the bone is the bone. But, um, th- but even at that age, there's still a functional part, the soft tissue, and you can change, hmm. you can still change that when you're older, you know, whatever, five, 10, 15 degrees even with the Aldoa. And you have to do specific Aldoas for where the apexes of the curve and the top and the bottom are. Meaning um, where there's the greatest amount of, yeah. of rotation or side bending. You're or- basically, um, you know, trying to go up. The L and Aldoa is, is 
longitudinal. So you're trying to bring the spine up. Like mm-hmm. if we took a string and put it in slack and I pulled the top part, that's kind of a way that you can kind of understand what you're trying to do. So you're, you're working at the top and the bottom of the curve and the apex of the curve or the most convex part of the curve. But when they're children or when they're teens or preteens, you can do a lot for the the functional and the structural part because the bone is taking shape. And as you strengthen the spine and you're pulling this tissue apart, uh, it helps the bones to, to, to grow more aligned or more like they're supposed to grow. And so he was 19. He was very willing and, and very accepting of what I threw at him. And so it was a lot of stretching, a lot of reinforcement as well, as you, as you remember, but a lot of Eldoa. And I just said, whatever you do, do the Eldoa every day. And you need to do the Eldoa every day for the rest of your life. And he accepted that and he worked very hard and he learned a ton. But when the spine is rotating, I mean, you got to remember everything is rotating. The, the viscera is rotating. The vessels are rotating. Everything wants to be in rotation. And so you're also helping the visceral system because that's why they put the Harrington rods in. When they get 50 degrees or 55 degrees or more, they put these rods in the back to try to keep the spine from, from continuing to turn and side bend to protect the organs because that's a life or death situation. So that's what you're trying to prevent is from going from 25 to 35 to 40 degrees where you're really starting to risk having some other pathological things take place in your body later on in life. And well, then when you have those rods in there, what's life like for that person? It, uh, it's tough. I mean, the whole spine is just much less mobility. And um, it's interesting because when they go to they go to put those rods in, they take the brace off because typically they put these people in a brace brace off. They put them in a brace. Okay. Sometimes it works. Like a corset? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work. And um, they take it off because if they don't, when they go to drill the screws, it's like going into wet wood. Like So they need density. They need the muscle to be contracted for a period of time before they actually do the surgery for the Harrington rods because the muscle densifies the bone. And so that's what's interesting about the Aldoa is that for people with osteopenia and all of this, like osteoporosis, like you are doing an exercise to put a stress on the spine, but it's a good stress. It's not like, a, like when you have the axial load with the bar on your back. Like on a squat. Yeah, it's your own musculoskeletal system, the own fascial system that's working mm. under tension. That's what makes it so hard is that, you know, it's not hard in the sense of like some people can do it, some people can't. No, everybody can do it you know, at the level that they're at today. But if you have a lot of muscle tension, like they need a lot of stretching, it's harder to do than somebody that's a little bit more flexible. Um, but it's just hard to your own level for, for that day. And then obviously it changes if you're not, so if you're pathological or you have something going on, again, it's, it's very powerful. And if you're not drinking water, if you're injured, like these things, you need to kind of manage exactly how the exercise is applied at that point. But just for the healthy individual, it doesn't matter how flexible you are, how much postural strength you have. Like it's a, it's a difficult thing to achieve. To do it well, Mm -hmm. to do it well. And it requires a lot of awareness and and a lot of, you know, it can require, especially in the beginning, just a lot of coaching. And that's Mm -hmm. really, I was also thinking back to one of the times when you were at the house and we were outside and uh, I think I was like shooting some content or something like that. And you were playing with Bazzi, our dog, throwing him the ball. It's just so funny. And I do this too, sometimes unknowingly, well, knowingly and unknowingly, but when I walk in a gym from you know, from across the gym, I could see someone doing a kettlebell swing and I'm just like Shaking wanting to send them some love and yeah. a few corrections, but I keep to myself. Yeah. But at the same time, unless it's like, 
I don't even know, unless it's a big danger to themselves or they're going to let go of the bell and it's going to hit yeah. someone. <laughs> but that being said, you like yelled across the lawn, like translate, translate. What'd you say? I just said, correct your spine, Tra- <laughs> translate. You need to translate your spine. And then you, you've self-corrected like right in the right position. But it was, uh, yeah, I do remember that. Well, I think that's the, that's really for, for me when it becomes a, a very big performance tool is the ability to have such a fine tuned level of awareness and to self-correct. And that's something that uh, has frustrated with me about when I train with you, but also something I appreciate most. And I, yeah. I would imagine that your clients probably share the same. They probably hate you during the session, yeah. but then love you after because you're constantly uh, giving, at least in my experience, you give guidance, but you challenge the person to also figure it out on themselves. So you don't give them all the answers. And why, do you know what I'm, what I'm trying yeah, to say? Like, yeah. why, why is that? If you can break it down for, for someone. Well, for me, I don't know how long somebody's going to be in front of me. I only have so many sessions to impart my way and to show them that it works. And so part of that is building a better cortex or a better brain, a better awareness for the person. So they have to come in front of me so many times before they're actually going to do this stuff decently at home. And depending on their level of awareness, I've had people show up and in two days, I'm like, okay, you're good to do like this whole group of exercises on your own. And then I've had people that just, it takes a long time to train them up to where they, I feel good about it. And then they, they feel really good about doing it at home. You're helping to develop their awareness. And that's, that's the art of the skill is to present it to where you utilize your time to build their brain to where they can actually perform this stuff when they're home, when they're home, because they can't use me forever. Mm. And they need, they need to be like me, proactive, doing it on their own, whether it's a hundred percent, it's not going to be perfect, but to get it as good as that I can get them. So to develop the brain and to develop the awareness is absolutely part of the, the process. Well, one of the things about what you're doing now, which I think is so, so fucking cool, man, is, you know, I've known you, you're one of my best friends and I've seen you really evolve as a person, as a coach, as a teacher over these last few years. And so much of your work and business has been in the, in the clinic or in, in, in your office and here in, in Louisiana. And now it's, it's so cool to see you stepping out and stepping up to the person that I see when I look at you and, and see the results that you can get people and really evolving your practice to also include bringing the Eldoa in a quality way, in a way with integrity to empower people to heal themselves as we shared earlier, but now doing it also with online classes where people can get your cues and, and such. So I'm, I'm curious, I'd love for you to share about that, what you're up to right now. And if you can share just a little bit about what that process and what that journey has been like for you, um, stepping into that in this new way of, of the online space. Yeah, it took me a lot to get there because I've always been you know, uh, taught that you, you've got to learn this stuff in, pra- in practice because you're trying to move two vertebra apart. It's very specific, very analytical, and you need the coach to palpate, to look at you from different observational views and to help you correct yourself, but without cor- actually putting you in that place so that you can actually perform it on your own. So that's the classic way that I was taught. So it took me a lot to get over of uh, doing an online class, but uh, <laughs> uh, with COVID, you know, even before COVID, obviously I'm prescribing home programs for people to do. So regardless, they're only getting in front of me maybe two or three times a week. The rest of the time they're at home. So it's highly suggested that you do get coaching on your awareness and, and on the coordination of, of, of performing it. That's highly suggested, but 
I, um, just thinking about people are doing this stuff at home anyway. And for me to guide them, uh, through a class, they're not going to do the warm up like me. They're not going to do the cool down like me. They're not going to work like I'm going to make them work. So it's more to just a guided workout for 45 minutes. If you do an hour, you know, you're, you're kind of cooked. <laughs> and then with the warm up and the cool down, 30 minutes is a little bit, a little bit short for me. So 45 minutes is the sweet spot to make people feel well. But still with that, you know, I still recommend people wherever you're at to get in front of a coach at least once a week to try to just refine making it specific because it, it's the Aldoa. It's supposed to be done very specifically. So it was a, it was a lot of growth. And thank you for, for helping me to, to get over that and to help me develop the online program because it's just a very simple way for people to log in and, and, and join the workout or they can, they can watch the recording. I leave the recording up for one week for each, each week I do one workout for 45 minutes and it's based upon whatever I want to do that day. The goal is always different. My favorite is to do general wellness, which is just a mixture of different regions of the spine. But sometimes I'll just do a strictly cervical class for the neck or a lumbar class for the, for the low back, um, or a thoracic class for the mid spine, which everyone needs. I just mix it up. I do a different workout every week. And then I put that recording up and then they can watch the recording as many times as they want. And then it gets replaced with another one. And then there's, you know, if you do the the second level, there's like a whole plethora of, of different types of workout. You can get the archive of all the classes that we've done, uh, through COVID. So there's a ton of information and a ton of classes on there. And then there's another package, the Soma training package, which is the highest level. That's more of how I work in my practice. It's got Mm. all this reinforcement exercises. There's some global and segmental reinforcement. There's myofascial stretching on there. Um, There's the nine part abs for the digestion. Mm. So then there's like a whole routine that you do for the colon. That's an ab routine. So there's a ton of information on there that people can use. That's way alternative. You've never seen any of this stuff before. It's very cool uh, and very beneficial. It's just a different way to work with the body. But um, like you were saying about performance, to me, this is a huge component to the new performance training. If you want to maintain pain-free and you want to stay ahead, keeping your body balanced and, you, you know, you, you want to work on the structure and, and work to basically have a nice, efficient way to, to work with the body, enhance your awareness, uh, enhance your postural strength, work on the discrepancies and the weak points, um, and the imbalances of your body. It's a, it's a wonderful way to work. It's gold. Well, it's something that I show up to and have shown up to for a while, usually once or sometimes twice a week uh, live. And then I do the recording. So this is what I love doing. Uh, I sometimes do it in the sauna, which is nice as it's warming up, <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing. And, and anyone who who gets you know an opportunity to, to come and, and is really interested in this conversation, I really can't recommend it enough. And I don't just say that genuinely because Justin's my boy here, but uh, I've been doing Aldoa since 2016. And it's one of the things that's kept me out of pain, uh, improved my performance. And so I've been a believer for for a long time and have added it to the to the end of my trainings and before bed uh, now for years. The last thing, Justin, is so you got the Aldoa trainer uh, website up and running and you're running those classes and those, those archives, but you also teach certifications. So for those that are interested in potentially getting certified with you, can you give a brief breakdown of of what you offer, how people can find out about that? 
Yeah. So the certification courses are, um, that, that's really to immerse yourself in a weekend. If you're really interested, like I was, uh, to, to learn what exactly is happening. That's the level one. Anybody can show up to that. It's just two days. I think some people are doing it in one day. Now I recommend doing it in two days. My mom could do that. No yeah, anatomy exactly. knowledge. And I've had many clients show up and, and do that for a weekend just because it helped them so much. And they wanted to kind of learn more about it. And then the level two is, is three days. And that's where you learn all the postures for the spine. So level one, I think you learn four exercises, but you'll learn like five or six exercises through the whole weekend, but four classic Aldoa postures and, you know, basically the theory and, and just the philosophy of like how that's working and, and how Guy synthesized all these methodologies to create the Aldoa. And then level three, you get more into the peripheral joints, like the shoulder and the hip. Um, the rib cage. And then level four is all SI joint biomechanics and uh, the SI joint, L, the L dose for the SI joint. So much more complex at the level four. And then moving past that, then you have level five and six, which he teaches. I teach levels one through four here in Sausalito, California and in, in New Orleans, Louisiana. Everything's in my bio for the on Instagram. On Instagram, which is Justin Bryan, uh, B-R-I-E-N. And you can find my website for my business, naturalmovementsolutions.com on there. And then aldoatrainer.com is just all the stuff that I offer online. Perfect, man. Perfect. Yeah. And and one of the things that I just want to take a moment as we close this is just want a sincere thank you for your time today and, and you sharing all your knowledge for people to to get out of pain, to improve their performance. And Justin's been kind enough to set up a, uh, a special for anyone who listens to the PATH podcast. So we'll include this in the show notes, but if you just want to go to aldoatrainer.com, E-L-D-O-A trainer.com slash the PATH, you guys can see about that. And then definitely do religiously the L5S1 tutorial that he give, is given out for free on this. Uh, we'll include the link as well in the show notes. It's also in his bio. And Justin, brother, love you, my man. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, brother. I love you as well. And uh, yeah, man, congratulations on your podcast. <laughs> congratulations on your son, man. You got a lot of exciting things coming up. And thank you for supporting me and believing in me. So I really appreciate you, man. Always, bro. All right. Always. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and leave a review. It means a lot. We all have a path and I'd love to hear how this podcast has inspired you in some way to live yours. 